Hello friends, it's time to drop the needle on another episode of Supersonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debates, jousts, some thought experiments, all done in the name of entertainment. My name is Adrian Warhope. And I am Leon LaRoe. Adrian, you are the keeper of the questions and the crafter of the conundrums in this super and very sonically minded chat. What adventures have you planned for us today, my good sir? Another week of pondering, another week of thoughts rolling around in my skull about music. <laughs> this week, I've been listening to playlists and music pops up. I listen to Depeche Mode, I Just Can't Get Enough. Nice. Classic, classic 80s track. I listened to today, Garbage, I Think I'm Paranoid. A must-have inclusion on any late 90s playlist. Incredible. Mm. But here's what I've been pondering. These are amazing songs, but they're not timeless songs. Oh, you mean like they're rooted in that particular time period? There, when you think about Depeche Mode, I just can't get enough. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's an eighties track. Yeah, eighties yeah. track. It's, it's, it's rooted brilliant. in the eighties. Paranoid. I think I'm paranoid. With garbage with its loud, quiet, loud or aesthetic, and its, and yeah. its light use of electronic drums yeah. and crunchy uh-huh. guitars in the. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's firmly nineties. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So my ponderance for this week's chat is what makes some music date and what makes some music timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Because some music sounds completely fresh, like 30, 40, 50 years later. If it was recorded today, you'd go, this is awesome. This sounds current. Yes, you know, or not even music- current. Maybe it is that timeless. It, it, it defies time. It's outside yeah, of a yeah, of an anchored I mean. like, moment. It, it wouldn't sound weird if it was produced today. Is what I'm saying. You yeah, know what I mean, it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like it could be current. It just there's nothing that makes it sound dated. Like you know, you can hear stuff that was produced today, and you go, "Wow, that's such a '70s sound." Yeah, sort of almost dating it. Um, even though it is current, you know what I mean? Whereas some things, they just transcend that completely. No, you're absolutely right. And I've got a ton of examples that I wanted to kick around because I really wanted to think, what is a timeless track? So what are tracks through the years that are timeless? Like examples? Yeah, and and, and how do we think about this or, uh, you know, as well. But um, what helped me was I was because I'm so obsessed by music and I think about music so much and I'm like, well, <laughs> that you know, is the reason why we started this thing uh, well, in the first place. That's it. We like, both are of that. I felt of too that close. Mindset, you know. Uh, totally. You yeah. know, I'm like, well, it's not a bad thing to be dated, is it? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think I think some songs can feel incredibly dated in terms of the sound. But like, there's strong ties to nostalgia, or, or oh, yeah. ties to particular cultural events that L- make like it pop it, culture events. That kind? Do you mean like if it's in a yeah. movie or something like that? Yeah, yeah, like uh, like Eye of the Tiger or something. Oh, yeah, great, right? great example. Yes, great track. Nostalgia, uh, yes. pop culture references, but firmly. 80s, right? Yeah, for sure. Or like, um, not not necessarily because of it's, it was in a film or something, but like, no. girls just want to have fun. 
Oh, uh, Cindy right? Lauper classic? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But, yeah. like, think about what pops into your mind. I bet it's the video clip. Yeah, yeah, the big frilly you know tutu I mean? dress, the crazy exactly. hair, the, exactly. the, the fashionable moments. Yeah. It's 100% 80s, yeah. especially post-punk kind of 80s era yeah um, but also the sound is firmly in the 80s it doesn't make it it doesn't make it a bad song but it no. just makes it planted firmly in that particular era yeah and we've talked about scenes before because you think mm. about the 80s with i mean i've referenced depeche mode but you think about new order you think about yeah. you know devo and just that whole yeah. new wave mm-hmm. scene which yeah. is a moment in time and it's quite was quite a fashionable thing and i think mm-hmm. that's what keep something rooted in its moment but then mm. what what gets outside and the 80s is hard I, I i struggle to come up with timeless tracks out of the 80s because yeah. i think the 80s had such a strong flavor of fashion and such a strong flavor of music with synths and new wave and yeah, electronics sure. emerging and all of that yeah. it was just well, an explosion um, we've talked a fair bit about the about the emergence of synth and and that sort of sound lately and yeah um, I, I sort of i'd like to sort of preface this whole discussion a little bit because I think what was happening a lot in the 70s and 80s was a lot of innovation and Mm. just because I think sometimes a song can't be timeless because it's being innovative you know sometimes if you're using instrument like a new instrument or a sound or something like that it ends up sounding a bit dated because that innovation belongs within that particular time period. So when synth was in, um, invented, people were just super, super excited about using that new colour in their palette. Yeah. Or like drum machines being overused in the 80s, for example, and they yep. just go, I, I am just going to use the hell out of this thing. And so yes. it ends up getting just plopped firmly in that time because everybody was excited about that same thing. Yeah, and I think you can think of it as a, in a graph where it's something is very it starts off being not popular because it's so different to yeah. what what is currently popular, but then it, yeah. it's so different that it then explodes into the mainstream, becomes yes. very popular, and then everyone emulates it, and it becomes yes. worn, and then someone and, and the popularity fades, and then mm. the next cycle comes when the next yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. But and I guess that's easy to think about what isn't timeless and like I said Mm, before just being so obsessed with music and I felt so close to it that it actually helped me to think take a step back and think about something that I don't know a lot about and that I'm not obsessed about cars Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Think about about cars, right? Yeah, I equally care as little about cars as you do. Right, (laughs) and when you think about a Cadillac from the 50s, right? When I say, and I'm like, oh, what is a Cadillac again? Think about big boaty car with with rocket ship fins on the (laughs) taillights and two fins and bubble domes, (laughs) things that never go out of fashion. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Homer. <laughs> and he made that car too. That was the best. Yeah, Homer. And <laughs> uh, think of it. Uh, you've Sorry, me. I, I just it. ruined no, your train no, of thought. No, I love it. But then, yeah, okay, so think about the Homer. Think about the tail fins and the, the, the like, that is such a fashion thing anchored in its yes. time. But it's a classic, yeah. right? Maybe yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's a classic, but it's not yeah. timeless. But then think yeah. about a f- same era, 50s or 60s or whatever, I don't know, cars, like a Mustang, one of those yeah. sweet Mustangs uh-huh. which have strong, uh-huh. sleek lines and that uh-huh. swift, fastback coupe thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and which you totally, if you if it was produced today, you'd go, that is a pretty sweet car and it belongs. I'm pretty sure feels like- they are still making 
Mustangs today in with, with a similar vein. But I think oh, a lot probably. of And I then I'm like, know. okay, so timeless is like when something is popular and awesome mm. and then the next people are inspired and they build upon those same elements and take mm. them forward. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. We don't take the tail fins forward. The tail fins are Huey Lewis and the News, hip to be square, <laughs> in the 80s, right? That's the tail <laughs> fin. They're awesome. Or, in the 80s, we love... Phil yeah. Collins in the air tonight. Overuse of the drums and electronic drum intro. Yeah. Have you Can seen I... people like you shutting their kitchen cupboards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I love a good. Uh, They're standing a good there yeah. waiting for the intro to happen with yeah. all their cupboard doors open. It's great. And there's some dad so happy with himself that he's made a, a meme <laughs> or a video clip. Just I'm banging the cupboard doors closed <laughs> yeah, to feel hilarious. Uh, a little yeah, aside, the, I. I saw Liam Gallagher interviewed this week by a little kid, and a little kid asks him, "Hey, who's your? What's your favourite dinosaur?" And he thinks, and he laughs, and he takes any a big pause, and he goes, "Phil Collins." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that, that is, is good. good. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. But but <laughs> you know, timeless. What yeah. elements have been popular and have been carried through? The musical zeitgeist that makes something timeless today. Right, um, I've got I've got a few ideas, and yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily elements um, musically, but I think elements conceptually. Yeah. Right. Authenticity has to yes. be in there. You got to yep. have that feeling that the person who is singing means it, and yeah. that they're right there, and there's no kind of pretense or kind of anything like that you got to have um it can't be topical either uh hmm i'll let it pass i'll let it pass good thought okay. good thought okay. what um i'll expand that and say that the lyrics should be poetic even if they're topical for the time they've got to be poetic so that they have the ability to okay good point develop multiple interpretations so even if something is referencing a particular thing like say that was happening in the 60s or something like that um, yeah. about about um, revolution or freedom or something like that yeah Marvin Gaye's applies, what's going on right, right. is a poetic oh, yeah. beautiful expression of political mm-hmm. upheaval and stuff yeah mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Father, we don't need to escalate War is not the answer, for only love can comprehend. You know we've got to find a way. Um, so, in other words, like it can't be too literal, is what I mean mm-hmm. by topical. Like it can't be like about a particular um, event that is happening right this very second on the news, sort of thing, to make it seem <sighs> timeless. That's what I don't I know if that's true, but. I'd love to hear an example which disproves that theory. Okay, think about um, like a protest song like Bob Dylan's song, uh, Here's a Story About the Hurricane, about the boxer that goes, you know, into mm-hmm. jail, un- unlawful mm-hmm. arrest, etc. Mm-hmm. It's a 70s um, folk track, Dylan track, but and it's very topical and it's heated politically, loaded politically, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the elements in the song, one, it's okay. authentic, it's authentic. Yeah, yeah, for But sure. the elements in the song are 
are timeless elements of guitar and voice and it builds upon Woody Guthrie style, like folk and things that have come before it. And people after it have been influenced by it and built upon it. So the sound... The, the, the sound carries through, the, the yeah. musical elements carry through. You're right. The lyrics are topical and anchored in that time, but probably allow it to be carried forth. Okay. Okay. So sort of taking a topical thing that then um, the message from that can um, reverberate across different generations. Is that sort of where you're going? Yeah. Well, I think timelessness is a sound, not, not necessarily a lyrical thing. Content. Yeah, mm. it's, I think it's I think it's heavily rooted in the production values, the sound, the instrumentation, and the f- music fashion of the time potentially. All right, no fair 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 call. Um, I still reckon that the, the lyrics have got to be a bit more poetic though. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. With um, that. All right, yeah, okay, okay. All right, well, let's back up and and say it can totally be about topical things, and mm. <laughs> I I actually I, I'm on board with you mm-hmm. on that one. I think that's mm-hmm. good. Good chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nice one, man. And I reckon you can't have any gimmicks in the song. No, and I was about to bring up stuff like well, Just what kind about of related to authenticity? I think. Yeah, yeah. But you know when there's a dance like um the Macarena, right? Or the Nutbush or something. The Nutbush or something. Whereas yeah. the sound might be timeless, but the gimmick mm. of the dance makes it dated. I, I heard that the dance that we know and and love to Nutbush City yeah. Limits is is purely an Australian thing. That no. They don't know of this thing uh, that's particular dance. Are you um, telling me parts of the world. when they fire up Nutbush City Limits at a wedding yeah. in England or in America, yeah. Yeah, people aren't doing the Nutbush? I heard that over the grapevine, yeah. I'd believe it. Yeah. I believe yeah, it. That's why we are the greatest nation on earth, Leon. <laughs> 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 um, I reckon the other, thing, the other thing about being timeless is it's got to have flaws, Ooh. ironically. Okay. What does yeah, that I mean? I reckon it's got to have flaws. Like I reckon it's got to feel like it's very human, like it's that it's that it's something that is produced by human hands or human voice or, you know, there's some maybe there's I some see. sort of imperfection in the musicianship of some description or something like that or maybe that you can get a sense that there's spontaneity happening. You know what I mean? Is, like it, is it, it something too- like – is it something like timelessness hides the technology involved in a song? So if if you have high technology, oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? I so you, you can mean. still use. So it transcends the instrument itself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So that so the, yeah. the the technology doesn't become a feature. Technology, yes. um, plays a yes. part in the recording. It, but it's uh, not okay. like yeah. you know, exactly. oh, here's electronic drums or here's um, uh-huh. a new. Whatever which, it is, which auto tune. Auto tune's a great idea, right? Yes, I know. Yeah, think I've about auto tune. Coming up, yeah. Think about auto tune as a way of making something crisp and wonderful. Mm. And on one hand, mm. can be timeless if used mm. correctly, if yes. used wisely, but used <laughs> poorly, and you are left with T pain. I'm yeah. on a boat, and it's like, uh, sure, mm. as a fashion, it's interesting, yeah. but it's not timeless. Yeah, yeah, I, I, totally, I totally get you, and huh. and I think that feeds back into the no gimmicks thing. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that the, that a particular instrumentation or there can't be like a focus on the tool itself. No, because then yeah. it's like, oh, that's when the Roland 808 drum machine became a thing. Mm-hmm. But if you use that electronic drums or computerized drums or digital drums or drum machines in a mm-hmm. way that it does it, it's very subtle and it has a timeless element to it. Yep. You know, let's say Adele used because because I think Adele's music is timeless. 
Oh, nice. In terms of just a pure voice and okay, pure instrument. Yeah. I, but, if, but if they had soft that. electronic stuff in there or soft electronic flourishes in there, I think it would still be timeless because it wouldn't dominate. But if they suddenly had DJ scratches and auto-tune on her voice, dated. Kind yeah, of. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something to do with sometimes where, where producers – go, man, this is like really selling like hotcakes right now. We just yeah. got to amp up that particular thing in this in this music so that people just lap it up and then, you know, when they're done with it, that we don't care after that because they've already bought it. Well, it's like those artists that go, oh, um, I remember when folk revival was big in the early 2010s and stuff and people were suddenly mm. changing from doing garage rock revival, oh, we're now folk folk rock i'm just yeah. i'm just like simon and garfunkel but yeah. new wave yeah and i'm like okay authenticity changes goes out the door a little bit and it's mm-hmm. like you're changing with the sound rather than being true and yes. timeless to what yeah. what you want to do um, yeah 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 and so 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 often bands you, you hear them sort of changing the, and at first you're going whoa whoa hang on whoa what yeah. are you doing here and then you go actually this is really interesting you know Works if they lead, but if they're following, it can sound yeah. Like That's sort of what I meant. Like, conceded. like if they're if it's a it's a, a sound that you are at first surprised by and kind of have to spend time getting used to because it's yeah. an unfamiliar sound. Great. If you just sound like they're trying to be someone else, forget it. Yes, uh, you have gone with all conceptual yes. and and lyrical <laughs> components. Yeah. I, know. I went completely the other way. Yeah. I kind of had a feeling that might be the case. So Did you have any you more have elements? No, no. What do you have? Well, I struggled two things. One, I struggled with, once I cleared up the issue and I used the car example, I realized, mm. okay, there are classic tracks. There mm. are classics that are judged over a period of time to be, you know, of the highest quality in that era. Yep. Huey Lewis in the news. I'm looking at you. You know, New Order. You know, they are classic <laughs> yep. '80s tracks. Garbage is a classic '90s track yeah. because they are very typical of its kind. They're outstanding in their field. Great. Think about our Cadillac example. And then when yep. I realised timeless meant that it wasn't affected by the passage of time or changes mm. in fashion mm-hmm. or fad, mm-hmm. and it lasted. It had longevity. Well, and this is the other point I'd like to make at this juncture is that yeah. um, the longer time goes on, the harder something, harder it is for something to be timeless. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think my next kind of thought clarifies that because I think, I think there are branches through music, strong core branches through music history yeah. that are the timeless elements, musical elements. Okay. And okay. that at different times, things branch off and try and become a main new trunk, but fashion, fad, technology, whatever it is, means that they're just a, an interesting branch, but they're not yep. a through line that keeps things timeless. Because I, okay. I think there are three main branches in popular Western music. Oh, I'm I think, interested. Well, I think jazz is made up of, starts with opera, classical, and evolved into jazz and all the elements that we know that that encompasses. And I think there are instrumental elements okay yeah. encapsulated that go through and that's where sometimes hip-hop might be a timeless sound because it might incorporate old blue note records or jazz yep, records that yep. they're doing something with okay yeah so i think jazz i think the rural and and folk appellation sound that became country music uh-huh is a big strong through line and i don't know a lot about country music but but yep. i reckon that that is and i've got some examples of that and then the third one is it starts with the blues and the traditionals of 
African Americans. Yes. And it evolved into rock, rock. what we call rock today. Gotcha. And that's something I'm much more familiar with. And I think uh-huh. that that over time, and I'll give you some examples. Over time, if we if we look at rock, let me use rock as an example, and I'll show you a through line of strong, mm-hmm. timeless songs rather mm-hmm. than and i'll maybe give you some examples of fad songs because i think the blues starts with robert johnson crossroads which mm. was just a, a young guy in the early 1900s playing yeah. blues and recorded and then people started building on that so robert johnson's like elmore james and, and all that sort of stuff but then it's chuck berry right johnny be good okay the yeah, birth that, of rock and roll that is one of my examples of okay of, you're um, kidding timeless song Not just because it was in Back to the Future, which helps again, <laughs> but you cultural know, but reference. Like, yeah, but yeah. like think about think about how good that song is, right? And I, I, when I see Back to the Future, I kind of sort of feel bad that Michael J. Fox kind of butchers that song with an over the top <laughs> guitar solo because it yep. just doesn't fit. And I go, man, like a, such a good song, and what he was trying to do just didn't fit. And it, it was, was fun. But yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It was yeah. awesome in the movie. It was so yeah. so good because he, he's sort of like showing music of that time, and then it slowly evolves into eighties guitars, bombastic yeah. guitar solos, which is where he was from, his time period. Which and so that kind it. of segues really nicely into the the time thing that was going on in that movie. Yeah. But that song was just so 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 good, even in an eighties movie where you're going, this song rocks. It just slaps even it's timeless when you're, when you're in 1983 watching um, back to the future yeah. you're like this song is amazing because it is the strong branch of which then inspired other artists and everyone mm. built on it so you think about the stones jumping jack flash so chuck berry's 1958 johnny be good stones jumping jack flash it's the gas 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 1968 they build mm. on that blues and rock element strong guitar mm-hmm. blues mm-hmm. riffs that started back at robert johnson and they don't deviate too much but they add just enough they add just enough to, and for it to be very popular And then that inspires stuff. And then I looked in the 70s and I thought of Iggy Pop's Lust for Life. Oh, yeah. That's which a great is example. A, a timeless. Well, see, what's track. interesting about that, right? Think about Johnny Be Good and then that song appearing in an 80s movie. And then mm. that, um, Iggy Pop's Lust for Life then appearing in Train Spotting. Late 90s? Yeah. Yeah, in Train Spotting. Yeah. And then still you're like, yes, this absolutely 100% fits right now. 30 years later. Because Iggy Pop takes inspiration from blues and rock and punk and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which is built upon the building stones of Chuck Berry that is the strong through line. Even in the 80s, um, you know, I, I think about Motley Crue's Kickstart My Heart, which is maybe not as timeless, but I struggled. Mm. You know, maybe the cult 
She Sells Sanctuary, uh, just some of those classic rock tracks of the 80s that aren't yeah. hair metal and overdriven and overblown. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Warrant Cherry Pie, I'm looking at you. Terribly dated, right? Because <laughs> it's fad, it's gimmick, it's yeah, exactly. all, all of that, right? Fashion. Right. But some of, some of these bands... Um, you know, as a strong through line, they build on those blues rock elements into Black Crow's Hard to Handle 1990. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, to, to the new stuff. Now, the next couple build upon all of this, but sometimes they get accused of not being authentic. I'm looking at Jet, Are You Gonna Be My Girl, 2003. Oh, yeah. The mm. whole Garage Rock Revival, which I loved. I think Jet are geniuses. I think that first EP and first album, second album's great too, are really, really yeah. good. And they cop a lot of unfair sla- flack because people say not authentic, they're just revivalists and they're not doing anything new. I think they yeah. did a lot of stuff new. But there's a strong through line of timelessness. I think Jet had a timeless sound. Mm. Um, and then the last two were sort of recent. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. to my rock and roll owes its life to Iggy Pop and to the Rolling Stones. Oh yeah, I you see. Know. I see where you're going with this. You're, you're sort yeah. of drawing. You're sort of drawing lines between um, different bands that had a timeless sound, but through completely different eras. Different eras, but do enough just to. We were talking about turning the prism to add something, add a layer, add a flare, add a mm. something, but it's not dated. It's timeless. Yep. Think about Lincoln Park in the late. 90s, early 2000s, right? Amazing. Like huge, massive band. Um, Uh Numb. The song Numb is so dated because it's a classic new metal track. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But it has DJ scratches and it has the rapping and it has all the traits of that that era era that it dates. It's not timeless. Yeah. So yeah, yeah heck, I'm gonna chuck yeah. a I'm gonna chuck a, a little wrench in this in this yeah, sure. here. Would you reckon Beethoven Symphony Number no. Nine is timeless? Uh, okay, I don't know which one okay. that is. Dinosaur Bob interviewed <laughs> You know that one? Yeah. That's the Ode to Joy that happens within ba, ba, it, right? Ba, 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 ba. Um, yeah, that that whole thing, right? When that choir kicks in. Oh my god. I listened to it last night when I was thinking about this whole thing, and it it crushed me. It's a, like it's an hour long. This whole thing, it's like an album. It's an, like an album, and in that Ode to Joy kicks in right, like in about the the third, the last three quarters of the way, and it absolutely stood my hair up on end. It was amazing. I agree that there are classical 
pieces of classical music that will change your life. Yeah, well, think about that one. Like it was used in A Clockwork Orange, for example, in like a really harrowing part of when he was getting reconditioned. Right. And like he used to love to listen to Beethoven while he was kicking people in the guts. And and, and then when he was getting brutally reconditioned, they, with they the, played this with the eyes joy. being uh-huh. pa- pinned open and this, <laughs> yeah. the images are flooding his brain. And then they're playing okay. ode, this thing called Ode to Joy, right? It's like a, it's oh, about divine beauty that is so sublime that's beyond comp- human comprehension and all that. Like he's a romantic. romantic as his composer right and so alex is like using it as inspiration for violence and then they're using it like in this brutal way as well and this beautiful 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 song is able to be like it's so dramatic that you can it works in that even in that weird context because the emotional contact that it makes is with it with the listener is just timeless you can't it's i think powerful yes so i'm just having thoughts about this now because you've thrown me a complete curveball yeah, and i hadn't prepared anything or thought about it but you well, think it, about it hit me last night like i was I thinking it. i was thinking like at first thinking of all of the 90s things that i think is super timeless but then i was like mm, i think that's kind of subjective and then i started thinking yes. how far back can i go yeah me too yeah you know what I mean? Like, how far back can I go that, that, that things are really timeless? Like, if you think about, um, like, a Renaissance music or, like, Middle Ages music, none of it sounds current. None of it sounds no. timeless at all. It all sounds like old-timey kind of weird harpsichord things. Whereas once they got into that classical era, romanticist era, like, you know, all that kind of era of, of yeah. music making, suddenly things started to change completely. Maybe maybe because they had orchestras rather than just, like, single bards you know what i mean and thinking about what i was thinking about that idea of a through line where where people are inspired by that music and Mm. then the next generation builds on that taking Uh, the same elements forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you think Mm -hmm. about john williams you think about uh film score composers john williams think about the star wars music raiders of the lost ark yeah and all that stuff which moves us and scores our popular culture and Mm -hmm is powerful today Mm -hmm. that all builds upon the sound i I think of beethoven and and that and mozart and all those yeah yeah of which i'm fairly ignorant but i think maybe i said it was jazz that came out of classical and opera but maybe jazz is another strong branch but classical music is the through line along with country and along with blues and rock i guess yeah you know that makes it timeless so because yeah Things today are inspired and building upon things from then and that there's a strong connection between them both. I'm starting much. to think that maybe it's the music has an intention, like the, in, the, in the construction of the music itself has an intention to do something to the human mind, right? So mm. whereas previously music might have just been like an accompaniment to help tell a story and it was the story that was important but the music just kind of helped to accompany it. I think right around that time composers started just to try and make the music itself also help tell the story. Right. You know, and maybe that's the point where where the intention came, was trying to communicate through the music itself rather than have the music as a vehicle for a narrative. Yeah, uh, uh, potentially. I like that you have these conceptual ideas and lyrical ideas and ideas of intention. That's how um, I roll, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's provocative. I really like it because Thanks, I did not consider 
any of that. I purely went on sound, like sound yeah. stuff. No, but like, that's cool. That's yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't really consider sound at all. I thought that I, I, it would be, um, it would be too hard to pin down. But I reckon you've mm. really got it. I reckon you've got it with that through line of mm. one thing building on another, building on another. Mm. You know, and then combine that with the the idea of authenticity and the fact yeah. that it's like it's a human communicating to another human. Yes, the nostalgia thing tripped me up a little bit because I started thinking about Nirvana and grunge and how, oh, that's timeless, right? That's yeah, timeless. No, I, I actually added that because there's a lot of bands from that era, like you mentioned, that really sound dated. Like, for example, do you, do you remember this song called Jesse by a band named Poor? Uh, yes. Jesse, yes. you're a good dog. Yeah, you're right? such a good dog. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> it heavy. Sounds, like, it sounds like grunge, right? I mean, it yeah. sounds basically the same as what Nirvana was doing. Like it really, really, really sounds ostensibly the same. Yeah. But let's face it. They were just talking about a dog. Yeah. And the specifics of that subject made it, made it matter, made it sound really trivial, you know, rather than. Doesn't the, the lyrics say something like, um, come play with me, yes, play with me, sort of, play yeah. with me. Is it exactly. just about a dog? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's about a dog, right? Yeah. And but then you and you think about the sounds is a lot like Nirvana, but Nirvana yeah. would use broad poetic a broad poetic paintbrush yeah he was an artist yeah yeah and so you and you listen to smells like teen spirit for example and and people will love that song whether they loved grunge or not i know that's true it's transcendent people who would never have loved grunge who can totally get into that song and Mm. they definitely wouldn't like all nirvana songs like they Mm. would not be territorial pissings or negative creep Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, they would not be interested in that. Yeah. But but somehow that particular song and and quite a few of those sorts of songs by them definitely transcends um generations and and still sounds fresh and current now. Yeah. And Polly, and maybe yeah. that's because they're it was a I mean it was a strong brunch. grunge was a a fashion and a mm. a moment. Mm. And there are definitely Jesse's a great example uh, by Poor um, Helmet. Yep. You know, I was just thinking of Helmet. I was thinking of yeah. that song. You know, similar post uh-huh. post whatever it was grunge uh-huh. stuff. You know, that was a moment in time. But Nirvana inspired, and there are bands now building right. upon so the elements of Nirvana. There's that through line that you said. Yeah, right? but it's maybe so not no as one, strong because it's came no out of art punk on, and stuff. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And no one's building on Jesse by Poor. No, <laughs> someone is. Someone is in their basement going, guys, come on. When is this, you know, post hardcore neo psych grunge movement coming back, guys? But yeah, you're right. It, it's that popular element that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But I don't think necessarily think it's it's all about um, popular. You know, like if you could, we just went from downloaded or listened to songs of. of no, no. Yes, yes. Like you can't really 
go on that. Like you might, you might, no. if you just went on pure stats like that, you might end up figuring, figuring out that like Rick Astley is right up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, because people must love people. Rick Astley. It must be yes. a great song, a timeless song. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's not because it's a meme and people get ripped. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Popularity needs to be taken very cautiously. Very yes, cautiously. I think so. I think so. And and I think I think it definitely plays into it because when something sort of sweeps the zeitgeist like that, people yeah. are definitely going to be um, influenced by it, and then that through line is going to be generated. But yeah. yeah, when everything burns away, what's left? You know, yeah. and smells like Teen Spirit and Polly and some of those classics do mm. do stay yeah, for sure and, and transcend that fashion fad moment in time because they've got mm-hmm. that authentic element they've got that intention they're using there's no technology dominating and they're using guitars and drums in which has come from chuck berry through yes stones through Iggy pop through motley crew or whatever he would not say that was his inspiration but guitars (laughs) bass drums that sound of rock he's building upon but he's decided to use a distortion pedal and have a quiet verse with some Yeah, yes. beautiful metaphors and challenging yeah, exactly. lyrics. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. See, I tended to think that like Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger is yep. a song that is timeless, whether you like it or some people like yeah, Oasis or not. I did, yeah. But just that, because it is not too challenging, it's a guy singing with a guitars and using it in ways that have been used before by mm-hmm, Nick mm-hmm. Drake in the 70s and that kind of stuff, I guess, yeah, totally, Beatles especially. Yeah. Um, I think um, sometimes as well whether, like when something gets reused in a different context, like, for example, A Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. I would definitely call that a, a timeless song. Yes. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. But when you think about how it was used, for example, in um, Good Morning Vietnam. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was used in an ironic way as well. Oh, okay. There's bomb. I think I do remember mm-hmm. the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, people and, are, yeah, uh, yeah, and okay. and it's and it's just scenes of horror, oh. and he's and he's and he's and he got a wonderful world, and you know that thing then that actually had a resurgence in popularity, and people like it, it shot up the charts like all really? over again. Yeah, after that movie, yeah. Remember how popular that whole soundtrack was? That that yeah. I mean, Louis Armstrong. I reckon that's from the sixties. That song, uh, sixty-seven. Okay. Yeah, wow. It is a timeless track. You think about it. It is. From the 60s, it doesn't have too much jazz or orchestral elements that no. are that are it's pretty simple. It's very it does have orchestral elements, but yeah, they're yeah. classic but they're or timeless. Yeah. They're yeah. simple. It's yeah. a man's voice. It's yes. a wonderful song. And that's where I was saying I think Adele's music is timeless because it is a strong, wonderful voice with simple but but classic or timeless instrumentation i'm using that word classic um timeless instrumentation piano you know guitar it doesn't have dj scratches and electronic drums and auto tune and a guest verse from j cole or anything like Mm, that it's mm -hmm. it's, i think her music is timeless in the way that she builds on what louis armstrong delivered which was a timeless beautiful 
track and those elements yep. connect through and make things transcend fashion and fad. Really awesome, interesting. Man. Really interesting. Well, I think that kind of gets us there in that you can have a great track that's a classic track of its time. You yeah. can have a great track, but a track that transcends fashion and fad and then is yeah. timeless. And I'm well, going to think some, about I've Mustangs got, versus Cadillacs a lot more this I've week. I've got some example. I've got a, well, actually, one exa- one great example of uh, that I'd really like to mention. Of yeah. One a band that really really dated badly. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard? A song called Atlantis by a dude named Donovan. I know Donovan from the 60s or 70s, but you I don't know the song. And you're laughing and smiling in a way that I want to hear that song. Got it. Okay, I'll just read you a little bit okay. of the lyrics, right? Okay. So what you got to imagine, right, at first is just like hippie strum guitars and then just spoken word over the top of it. Yeah. And I'll read you a little excerpt here. Knowing her, and, he's, and it, he says it like this, Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out all the ships to the corners of the earth, on board with the twelve, the poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientists, the magician, <laughs> the other so-called gods of our legends, though gods they were, as the elders of our time choose to remain blind. Let us rejoice, and let us sing and dance, and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis. <laughs> And then it goes on with a big hippie thing that where he sings about Atlantis over and over again as a big swelling chorus after that. And it is hilariously wow. dated, like hilarious. Let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis. like the age of Aquarius we're in a yes. field holding hands awaiting the uh-huh. uh, you know the coming of whoever is going to bring uh-huh. the new enlightenment <laughs> Atlantis hail Atlantis you got to hear this song it is terrible but anyway yeah you can see what he was trying with it but it was it just it it's, was it big at the time? I imagine it made. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember a mate of mine playing it at uni to me, and I was just going, "What is this?" And even <laughs> even twenty years ago, it sounded horribly dated, oh, and wow. it is even worse now. I love it. Very good. I look forward to hearing that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Do we have a fact of the week? Oh yes, we do. Well, remember how we were just talking about Louis Armstrong? Yes. Apparently they had several interruptions um, when he was trying to record that song, including a producer who stormed into the recording room when he heard it because he was like, this is too slow. It's too slow. It's no good. There's never going to be a hit. And there was like trains going by interrupting the recording and all that sort of stuff. And so they went really over time. And to make sure that the orchestra musicians, like all the all the musicians who were there to help, the, who were there to make the recording happen, make sure that they were paid properly, Louis Armstrong himself gave some of his pay to them and he only ended up getting a total of 250 bucks for that recording. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Uh-huh. What a crazy time. I know. And, like, how, how nice is that to sort of think about that, the recording of that particular song? There yes. was some beautiful, wonderful, kind things that were done on that day. And hopefully that 
imbued itself into the music and that's what helped make it the, yeah. the timeless classic that it is. Mm, yeah. There you go. Well, that was another great episode of Supersonic Chat. I think we got there. I think I'm going to uh, help so. me with my ponderance over timeless music versus dated music. So remember yeah. to hit us up on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us an email at supersonicchat at gmail.com. And we are a two-person show here, just Adrian and I just doing it for the sheer love of it. So all we ask in return is if maybe, if you feel inclined, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, it might help help other people to find our thought experiments. And uh, if not, tell a friend and we'd be most grateful of that. Thank you so much. We appreciate your attention uh, and we look forward to your company next time on Supersonic Chat. Supersonic Chat.